This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 117 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. The amazing Ivory Pal and the CHA. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our title sponsor is Omega Alpha. You can find them at omegaalpha.ca. This episode is also sponsored by Equestrian Collections. You can visit them at for all of your holiday shopping needs at equestriancollections.com. Plus Uncle Jimmy's. You can find him at uncle-jimmy's.com. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, howdy, Helena. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you guys might be listening. It's (laughs) 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. (laughs) Although no booze today. Oh, your booze? No booze, no hot. Okay. No no coffee, no chocolate, no booze. I got nothing. You're boring today. You're going to be like sleeping on me. Now, well, we do have sunshine today, which is the first time in over a week. So I, I'm just going to be high on sunshine this today. You know, that's something that we've had a lot of here in Lexington in the last two months. We haven't had any clouds or any rain, but we've had a lot of sunshine. Oh, no wonder you're in such a good mood. I know. We're just all happy here because the sun just beating in, just beating in. And I'm, I'm going to Florida tomorrow. That's why you're happy. <laughs> that's why, why I'm so happy. And, we, and guess what? What? You're not going to believe this. Uh-oh, You're going to you be so something. jealous. You got something up your sleeve. What is it? Monday afternoon, and I, I, this show will come out. We'll, we'll put it out in a, in, a, in a little while, I guess. But Monday afternoon, Jennifer and I, my wife, my lovely dear wife, who is now the producer for the Horse Radio Network, are going by special invitation to Arabian Nights. And on Monday afternoon, remember we had them on before episode 25, all that, like... I do remember, A long time ago, and they talked about how they train their horses for the show. That's a dinner theater show in Orlando, Florida, and it's a very good one. It's a lot of fun. Well, we were invited to go over in the afternoon and watch them rehearse for their Christmas show coming up, and we're going to do a special episode uh, of the Stable Scoop show from, from Arabian Nights. Well, now they do a Christmas show. Now, this is something I didn't know that yes. they had they done. So do they use costumes and everything? For I horses? guess I'll let you know. <laughs> oh, that's going to be amazing. I'll let I, you that's know. one thing I have to say about the Arabian horse world is their, the, the costumes that they do, that they, they come up with are just stunning. Yes. They really. do know how to dress. They do know how to dress. They're the yes. well-dressed of the horse world. Well, I hope you both enjoy. Think of me while you're there. And yes. You're, and then, and then. Yes. So we're going down tomorrow after after horses in the morning, which we which we also have to say by the time this show goes out, though tomorrow uh, you'll have already done it. You're going to be our special guest host tomorrow for the first time on mm. horses in the morning. A little nervous. I'm like so excited. I know it's different going live. You can't say cut, you know, like you always do to me. In I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> just you know what I mean. It's like it's just going to happen. I, I'm not going to have any control. So. <laughs> So um, we're going to leave for Florida tomorrow. We're driving down, and we're going to have uh, my family reunion. We get together once a year in a different part of the country. So last year it was Nashville. This year it's at my new bro- my brother's new house in, or- in Ocala, Florida, of all places. <laughs> Your new brother. <laughs> yeah, my new brother's house in Ocala, Florida. Uh, he has a farm down there, 
and a couple horses on it. So we're going to go down there and see that for the first time. And then Sunday, we're going to Disney World. We're going to Disney Studios all together. So that should be a lot of fun. And then Monday over to Arabian Nights. And then Monday after we do Arabian Nights, we're going to, we've never been there before, we're going to the Animal Kingdom Lodge over at Disney World. That's the big hotel at Animal Kingdom. And apparently they have an unbelievable buffet. It's like one of the buffets they talk about everywhere. So we're going to eat at the buffet at the Animal Kingdom. You are a piece of work. I know. You are a piece of work, really. The Animal Kingdom Lodge and all you care about is the buffet. That's correct. We're going to eat all the animals that that they don't want anymore, I guess. We're going to eat all the animals. That's awful. We're going to know people. He's not going to eat all the animals that they don't want anymore. That's just not, you know, there's kids listening to the show. Oh, that's true. I'm sorry. I take it back. You do not. You, you'll eat anything that's dressed properly and put in front of you, won't you? Yeah, pretty much. So uh, we're doing that, and we're going to head home after the show on Tuesday. So we have a, a fun time planned in Florida, and we're looking forward to it. Good. Now Good. you know well, why I'm so excited. Jennifer was so excited. She already packed last night. She <laughs> closed out. Really? Yes, she's, very, she's ready to go. <clears throat> All right. So we have, a, we have a big show planned for today. Yeah, it's out of nowhere. Yeah, I know. We have three guests. We have uh, Kathleen from Kathleen's Wild Ride. So we haven't talked to her in a couple weeks, and I think she's still meandering through Pennsylvania. So we'll have her back. And then uh, Christy Land... Wish I knew how to say her last name. Good luck with it. Christy, the CEO (laughs) of uh, Certified Horsemanship Association. You know, I've known Christy for a while, too, and I just can't remember how to say it. Well, she'll help us out, and I'm sure she'll be happy to do it. Sorry, Christy. It's it's Christy L. Yes, Christy L. uh, She is the CEO of the Certified Horsemanship Association, the CHA, and she's going to talk to us about that. They just got done with their annual meeting, Helena, so we're going to find out what changes are in the works and what they have planned for 2000 and what's next year? 11. 11. Yeah. And then our third guest is kind of interesting, huh? You want to tell everybody about that? Our third guest is Raphael. Now, here's another one he's going to help us out with. Raphael Val, or Valley, um, and he's with Ivory Knoll Ranch, and he's going to talk to us about his Tennessee walking horse, who's a little bit of a celebrity. Yeah, called Ivory Pal. Did I not say that? Ivory Pal? No, you didn't. Oh, sorry. I throw that in. <laughs> Am I fired? <laughs> I thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah, no, Ivory Pal. I'm. I'm really. I don't know a whole lot about Tennessee walking horses, and Ivory Pal happens to be an extremely handsome. Tennessee yeah, he's walk. a good looking, uh, good looking stud, isn't he? He's cute. Yeah, yeah. he's he's beefy looking. I want. I want to. Yeah, I want to hear about him. Palomino, which is apparently not. Uh, not you don't have a whole lot of those in the Tennessee walkers, so. All right, that's about what I know about Tennessee walkers. So today we'll find out more. Uh, We're going to be back with our first guest, Kathleen, with an update on her wild ride right after this word from Omega Alpha. Well, Helena, Omega Alpha Pharmaceuticals creates only natural health products. Their scientists, guided by Dr. Gordon Chang, formulate a wide variety of mainly herbal health products to address many equine health problems. And I have on the line here Kyle Carter, who is an international eventer and well-known throughout the eventing world, who uses Omega Alpha products. Kyle, I understand that you started using uh, Omega Alpha about a year ago. Yeah, I've, I've been using it for about a year and have noticed a remarkable difference in the horses that have been on it. And then um, if, they've, if they've come off of it, the horse's health always has been better on it. Um, it's one of the few supplement companies that I wholeheartedly believe in. 
Well, thank you, Kyle. You know, Omega Alpha brings consumers the perfect marriage of nature and science. Look for all of their products at retailers nationwide or visit their website at omegaalpha.ca. That's omegaalpha.ca. Wow! Jeez, that's quite a reception. Good morning! Hi, Helena, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. What were you drinking for lunch? Uh, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Kathleen, welcome back to the world. (laughs) You're out of the woods, aren't you? (laughs) Um, Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. Tell us where you. you uh, yeah, uh, you sound like you're on like the Jersey Turnpike. Where are you right now? Are you still in Pennsylvania? I'm still in Pennsylvania. I have just left some place called I have no idea what it's called, but I'm headed to Mifflinburg. Okay, so you're still riding along. Yeah, but I'm a little over halfway through Pennsylvania now. It's a big state, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, not compared to Nebraska or to Wyoming. That's true. I mean, yeah, we live a sheltered life here, Glenn. I mean, she rode through Wyoming. (laughs) How's it going? Huh? How's it going? It's going pretty good. (laughs) Sorry, the horses are deciding, hey, look, you're talking on the phone. Let's go someplace. Oh, yeah, that's like kids. You know when you're on the phone, you're not paying attention. Okay, so... Let's see. We've had here. Um, so, so you're in the middle of Pennsylvania, about halfway through Pennsylvania. Uh, how are the horses doing? Um, they're doing actually pretty good. They both put on weight, and they're almost completely back to normal. So, go us. Okay, go us. And how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Trying to fight a stupid cold. My knee's almost all the way healed up, so I'm happy about that. Okay. Gosh, it's amazing what a couple of weeks on the road can do for your. The, the healing process. <laughs> well, first, a couple of weeks on the road will break you in two, and then another couple of weeks, and you're all healed up. Yeah, it's that give and take of the road, I guess. One of the things I've noticed on Facebook is that you've uh, there's been some posts on there that you've had some pretty rides through some uh, national parks in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, actually, I just went through Black Shannon um, State Park day before yesterday, and then this morning I went to the Bald Eagle State Park. Wow. Did you see any bald eagles? Yeah, they're actually... Actually, I did not. I was kind of disappointed. I just figured that they were a big, fat bunch of liars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard that about Pennsylvania. Yeah, but uh, Helena, ask her to tell you the wildlife that she did see of the big black variety. What did you see? <laughs> Oh, just a little tiny bear. Oh, okay. A little tiny bear. No big deal. You can hear that. Little bear. Yeah. You know, the last time I, I was in Pennsylvania, I saw a bear too. <laughs> Were you on a horse? Oh, awesome. <laughs> no, I was in a minivan. <laughs> I was in a minivan. We took a wrong turn into bear country. Um, okay, so you're, what, what highway are you near? I know you don't ride on the highway. Am, what, what are you close to? Actually, well, I'm, I'm right on, sorry, we stopped abruptly. I'm right on Highway 45. Okay, so cool. Actually, so you're in the northern part of Pennsylvania then, making your way across. 
Yes, I am in the northern part of Pennsylvania making my way across. Did you get our care package in Punxsutawney? I got your care package in Punxsutawney. Yay! Does it work? Hey, It works, yes. It actually made a huge difference. Well, that's terrific. So the saddle sores are healing up on you and the horse? <laughs> well, I haven't used it on myself. But, yeah, no, <laughs> this sore is just about fully back to having hair growing again. It's almost all pink skin and it's a teeny tiny little scab in one spot and hair growing back everywhere. So we're all happy about that. What was the name of that stuff we sent you again? We got to get a plug for them. Um, it was Well Horse. Well Horse. And That's some good stuff. Horse Journal recommends it. Yeah, that. it's good stuff. I actually have a little bit of I it myself. I think Kathleen will recommend it now, too. Oh, um, I'll recommend it. Well, well, we're plugging things. i got to plug carrots. Because carrots are the people who've been running me with a lot of my clothes on this trip. And without them, I'd be riding around naked. Oh, I'd get a lot more. That, that's for a whole other trip and a whole other show, though. And, and carrots. <laughs> that's right. And carrots is a good group. We don't mind if you plug carrots. No, they're awesome. Did they send you your, their winter breeches, or haven't you needed them? No, actually, I haven't really needed them. The only part of me that gets really cold when I'm riding is my feet. Oh, I guess that makes sense. And you've yeah. had to, you've had to take some time off because you've had a, quite a bit of rain there in Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, actually, I was in Pennsylvania for about four days with a very nice couple, Mary Lou and Tom Brown. And Tom Brown must always be referred to by his first and last name, apparently. There are people like that, yes. There's horses like that. And I, I know a horse named Willie Wilson. You always got to call him Willie Wilson. So, okay, so Tom Brown. Now, yeah, now Tom Brown spent the entire time trying to steal the horses away from me, get them to like him better. And did you notice that there was a post on the Facebook page from Mary Lou telling me that she missed me and that Tom missed the girls? I, I oh. noticed that. And I also noticed a post on there about a camel. Tell us about the camel. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the gentleman I stayed with the night before last, Scott, who put me up in his very nice barn. And he has a baby camel. It's a year old. Oh, <laughs> oh a baby it's camel. Very, it's not very tiny anymore. It's actually pretty good size. It's about the size of a horse. Uh, is, is, he fr is he fresh like a, like a young horse? Do camels get fresh? Yeah, actually. It was bucking in the aisle because he let it out of the stall and it like started hopping around and bouncing around in the aisle, which is pretty entertaining to watch. I thought you were <laughs> going to trade in Mystic for the camel there for a while. <laughs> well, I'll keep Mystic. I might trade in Delightful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't tell her. Shh, don't say that too loud. <laughs> she oh, will right leave your right rear end. Oh, honey, would you be offended? She's like, nope, okay, trade me up to the camel. I'm good with it. <laughs> yeah, stop me yeah. on this trip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Tom Brown's. <laughs> All right, now you <laughs> have... What, what's the plan for uh, uh, the rest of the trip? When do you expect to reach your destination? And, and what is your final destination? Have you nailed that down yet? Well, I should be reaching my final destination in about eight days. Oh, okay. Really? And what what is that yeah. destination? Well, right now, the destination that we're leaning very heavily towards is New York City. <laughs> New York, as in Manhattan? Yeah, as in Times Square. <laughs> yeah, okay, no. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's rewind. Let's rewind. Or, or Battery Park. <laughs> Battery Park. Okay, can I make a suggestion? That's where, that's where, yeah. Okay, having found, myself, up there. having found myself on foot... <laughs> At all hours of the day and night in the New York metropolitan area. Don't tell my mother and father this. Um, 
have you considered maybe um not yeah liberty park not liberty park what's on the other side of the um yeah liberty park on the new jersey side you can ride well, right now to, other, it, go ahead i'm sorry the horse is just trying to run me into a telephone pole um <laughs> the only reason why i didn't because it would be just really funny to ride to downtown new york yeah, no, really dangerous. The problem with that is you're going to have to ride through some major highways and major cities through New Jersey before you ever get to New York. You're going to be days in that trip. No, you know what? Yeah. To, it's it's not even New Jersey that it, it. You would have to either cross the George Washington Bridge. You certainly can't go through the tunnel um, through yeah. either the Lincoln or the Holland Tunnels. So you probably have to go across the George Washington Bridge. And right. that's a mess, even on a good day. And I'll tell you right now, okay, well, they will not yeah. stop. Yeah, they're going to run your they ass did. over. <laughs> they well, now, the only thing is, is that um, Wally, who got me a police escort to Peoria, Illinois, yeah. knows people on the New York Police Department. Oh. And so he was going to make some calls to see about getting me a police escort into town over the bridge. Well, now that's a different story. Now the other thing too is then you gotta you gotta think about how many miles that is, and would you need to camp out a night or two, and where would you put the horses? Well, that's the thing is I don't think I think if I stopped right at the edge and found a place you know at the edge, I could go all the way in, and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. It always takes longer because going through town takes longer. Well, maybe but then I think it's not much more than twelve miles from the George Washington <laughs> Bridge area. Where I want to be. Maybe it just seems longer because when you're driving it, it takes about a week to get through the traffic. Um, the, uh, the, so my question is, then you need to get the New York Police Department to bring their trailer to take you back out so you don't have to ride back out. Well, that's, I'd like to, wherever I end up, I would like to arrange for whatever hauling to pick the horses up from the end point so that they don't have to hang out. They can just be loaded up in a trailer and go. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. So I, mean, like, I, I, I mean, or yeah. Or maybe even Central Park. That might be a. Uh, well, Central Park. I, I would definitely, if you if you can get a police escort, I would definitely suggest Central Park versus Times Square because um, hey, it, well, it's if yeah. She's, okay, if Kathleen's crazy enough to want to do this. By the way, I kind of think it's crazy, <laughs> Kathleen. Um, we oh, ha- really? we do yeah. have a connection there. Um, cricket. Oh who, yeah! Remember, she works for yeah. the she rides uh, for the police department and in, in, in their mounted unit. Wow. So I'll have to drop Cricket an email and see if I can get a hold of Cricket. She listens to the show, so she's probably hearing this right now. Um, but she might be a good contact because she's she's part of their mounted uh, unit. Right. Um, right. Maybe so she they would could... at least know uh, no. she would know trailers that could get in and out. You know. Oh, you um, know what though? It's New York. There's probably a tax and a fine to do this. <laughs> uh, I want to say you might think this is crazy, but are you considering the source of crazy things you could be doing on a trip? Yeah, well, no, we're we're considering. <laughs> um, no, really, seriously though, if you can get if you can get uh, uh, an escort into the city. Let, let's pull out all the stops to get an escort, but definitely go to Central Park versus Times Square because Times Square is just going to be a mess, and there will be idiots there who will think it's funny to give you greater challenges than than you've already had. Wyoming will look like a day in the park. <laughs> no pun intended. 
<laughs> well, you got to so get Good Morning there. America or or Today Show to meet you there too. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, see, if I had my choice of places to end up in New York, I'd like to end up in Battery Park. I mean, I don't think I can talk to him to let me take a ferry over to the Statue of Liberty, but it would still be pretty cool. No, and you know what? <laughs> I wouldn't trust those uh, ferry operators. You might end up in in the harbor. No, <laughs> you really would. And I'm not kidding. I, I've been on those ferries. Well, good luck, Kathleen. I left this way. I left New York. Well, I'll tell you what. By the time we talk to Kathleen next week, she's going to be darn close to being done. So we'll definitely check in with you. We'll definitely check in with you next week and see what crazy plan you have up your sleeve. And uh, I I will drop an email to Cricket and see if if Cricket can offer us any help. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I'm not, I'm really actually not going to go to New York unless I can get police escort. Good girl. Oh, that's good because you'll just get mugged and they'll take everything. You and your horses both. Well, it's not so. about the muggings. <laughs> it, it's not about that. It's it's about simply yeah. the amount of the volume of of traffic. Yeah, there's and there's no back road. <laughs> so. and, and and every square <laughs> inch of this area is covered with something that a car can go by on. So it's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll see what we'll see what we can do, and uh, we'll check in with you next week to see where you're at. Okay, cool. All right, Kathleen, you have good weather. I hope. Good and luck. Stay sane. All right. Stay safe. I'll, I'll try. All right. Bye. 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 Well, you know, I, I wish her all the best. I'm I'm a little nervous for her, but Me too. she's <laughs> she's just ridden across the country, so I'm going to have to say that the girl's got enough presence of mind to make it into Manhattan. Good luck to her. All right. I could see the old New Yorker coming out and you going, are you crazy? <laughs> you know what, though? I, I mean, I, everybody says, oh, New York is crazy. New York is crazy. New York isn't as crazy as the rest of the world thinks it is. However, when you are when you have just ridden across the United States on two mares, you, you really need to have every single duck in a row before yes. you cross that bridge. Yes. And talking about ducks in a row... <laughs> One of my favorites, Uncle Jimmy and Uncle Jimmy's brand products, always have their ducks in a row. Regular listeners to the Stable Scoop show know that Helena and I just love Uncle Jimmy's and his fantastic line of products. His products have the highest quality ingredients, and that is why they have taken off like they have. Of course, it all started with Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls for use in the stalls, and then came squeezy buns. We know you need to reward your horse outside of the stall as well. That is why Uncle Jimmy developed Uncle Jimmy's squeezy buns. Squeezy buns are all natural and loaded with nutritional ingredients for your horse. Unlike similar products on the market, they are individually wrapped to preserve freshness and eliminate mess. With competitive pricing and Uncle Jimmy's quality guarantee, the Squeezy Buns promise to be a hit among horses and horse lovers alike. Learn more about all of Uncle Jimmy's products or to find a dealer, visit uncle-jimmys.com. That's uncle-jimmys.com. Well, thanks to Uncle Jimmy's for continuing to support the Stable Scoop Radio Show. I spoke to Uncle Jimmy last week, Helena, and it was the usual Uncle Jimmy speaking to experience. Um, <laughs> it was a trip. The sad we, thing is I know exactly what you mean. Yes, I think anybody that's heard Uncle Jimmy on the air knows what we mean, and we love Uncle Jimmy. So uh, now we're here with our second guest of the day. She is the CEO of certified of the Certified Horsemanship Association, the CHA. And I've known her for quite a while, and we asked her off the air how to say her name, and her name is Christy Landwehr, and I didn't even attempt it earlier. So, uh, Christy, welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. 
Great. Thanks so much, Glenn. I really appreciate it. I can't believe we haven't had you on before, but uh, I don't think we have, have we? I don't think so. I don't think so either. No. So, hey, first time for everything. That's right. And, you know, we like the CHA. So tell us, what is the CHA? Give us the Reader's Digest. Absolutely. Reader's Digest version. Um, Certified Horsemanship Association, our mission is to provide education and safety for the horse industry. And we do that by certifying riding instructors through five-day clinics that we hold around the country and also up in Canada. And we um, also provide educational materials such as manuals and DVDs. And we also hold regional and international conferences around the continent. Now, you, I've always, for, for whatever reason, I, I've always associated the CHA with Western disciplines. Do you just focus on Western, or are, does it span um, all disciplines? No, definitely spans all disciplines. But why you might have that is that when we originally were founded back in 1967, we were called Camp Horsemanship Association. Mm-hmm. And our founder was trying to find basically qualified staff to run his Girl Scout program during the summer. So he created our first uh, composite manual of horsemanship, level one through four, to kind of give people an, a kind of a self-guided tour of horsemanship, not only uh, mounted but also dismounted work and groundwork and care and feeding and what have you. And from that, um, we grew, and in about the mid-1980s, we realized that most of our people that we were serving were no longer camps. We actually had a lot of private instructors and traveling instructors, so we changed our name to Certified Horsemanship, and we're about a 50-50 split right now in between English and Western. That's a nice balance. Good. Okay, so we, um, so now we, we can find, well, all right, you, you, your focus is on safety and instruction. Is, so you're a national organization. Does that mean that you have a presence or you have your clinics in all states, what states, how do, we, how do we find these clinics, how do people get involved? Yeah, absolutely. We actually, um, right now, we have clinics throughout most of the U.S., including Alaska and Hawaii, if you want to take a vacation, um, and also in almost every province up in Canada, too. And if you go to our website, uh, www.cha-ahse, which stands for our old name a long time ago, which was Association of Horsemanship Safety and Education, we tagged on the back and realized, boy, that was quite a mouthful, so then we <laughs> went down to just CHA. Um, you go by clinics, by location, and you can find a clinic near you, or you can choose to go to some remote location and have it as a mini vacation. So yep. you're not having any clinics in Times Square? <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not. Have to have some horses tack and some dirt to ride around in. <laughs> now, now the, uh, what, what, what's your membership like right now? Is it growing? Is it still growing? Yeah, we actually we have kind of um, a, a membership that stays pretty consistent. We normally have just shy of 4,000 active instructors. And what I mean by that is that they're actually out in the trenches teaching. Um, of those 4,000, normally right around 1,000 of them are what we call seasonal equestrian staff. So they come in and they do a clinic because their um, boss basically wants them to at the Girl Scout camp or the YMCA camp or what have you. And then after that year, they maybe won't be a riding instructor for their career. They perhaps just did it during college. So they kind of drop out. But then the next year, we normally certify 1,000 new instructors a year. 
so we kind of keep on keeping on. Um, but about 3,000 of our core is there all the time. They're instructors that they do it full-time as their profession, or let's say they have a day job and then in the afternoon and on weekends they're teaching outside of their own barn or they're traveling around their neighborhood and teaching. So we all, most of our instructors teach beginners and intermediates how to ride. I would say about 10% of our population teaches the very advanced riders and are doing horse shows and traveling, doing those types of things. But most of our instructors teach beginner safety and horsemanship education. And when that individual gets to the point where they can, let's say, walk, trot, and canter very safely, um, they can jump a small jump, they can perhaps do a rollback on the rail or a flying lead change, then they go ahead and most of the time send them off to, let's say, United States Dressage Federation Certified Dressage Instructor, if that client's interest is in dressage, or an AQHA professional horseman, if they have a quarter horse and want to do the breed show route, etc. Well, and I didn't know, um, when, when I looked at your website, what I didn't realize is, you know, I've heard of CHA certified instructors, but I didn't realize that you had so many certification programs. I mean, you do, you do combined uh, and trail. You do riders with disabilities driving. I didn't know that you had certified driving instructors. But all the way down to what you mentioned earlier, the seasonal college and university certifications, uh, recreational vaulting coat, you know, you do a bunch of different programs. We do. I would say that our primary focus is on our standard, which is the English and Western Combo Program, where in a week's time somebody can get certified if they've been teaching for quite a while at our highest level just in one week's time. So we don't require you to get certified level one and then go back to another clinic. If you've been teaching for a long time, you're going to go ahead and hit our master level right away. Um, but, yeah, and then we have what we call our adjunct programs, which are things like our trail one. And I've never done that one. It requires going out into the wilderness for five days, Dutch oven cooking and sleeping on the ground for five days. And I, that's not really my cup of tea. Kathleen uh, could get that one easy. <laughs> Dutch oven cooking on the ground. Yeah, there man, you go, Helena. You, no, no, that, that's for you. You need to take that. I need to so take you, that one. I could do you that. You can make food for yourself wherever you might be, <laughs> except Times Square. So how does, if, if at all, how? How does CHA work in conjunction with, or how do you, hmm, how are you different than, say, the American Riding Instructors Association? Absolutely. We get asked that quite a bit, um, especially when we do booths and things throughout the country and people come up and want to know the difference. Um, American Riding Instructors Association currently certified by video. So you do a written test at one of their locations around the country, and then you send in a video of yourself teaching, and they have... Um, Part of their staff go ahead and board or whomever, I'm not really quite sure, but a, a group of folks go ahead and views that video um, and then determines your level of certification. They also certify very specifically. So they'll do, for example, saddle seat equitation instructor okay. or even mounted police trainer. So really very, very specific, whereas we're much more general and broad-based. We do Western as a whole, English as a whole. You can do flat work or jumping within our English, but it's much more broad-based. Okay. Now, where, you just had your annual meeting. So what, what do you see? What are the changes that you see going forward, or what are the goals for, for next year? Absolutely. We were really excited about our annual meeting. We held it at one of our accredited locations in um, Lake City, Florida, called the Oaks Equestrian Center. And they um, are actually a David and Karen O'Connor signature facility. So we were able to have Mr. O'Connor come out and do a keynote for us. And he so believes in certification and thinks that it's very important. He's been very involved in getting the hunter jumpers and the eventing folks to have a um, high-level certification program. 
So by all means, it was just wonderful to have him there. We also had Chester Weber come, the combined driver who just oh, yeah. did that yeah. World Equestrian Games. Yeah. And he was able to chit-chat with our members some, um, which was great. They, they really enjoyed doing the Q&A with him. They thought that was super. So, you know, I, I think for CHA, our main goal is partnerships. If we can partner and keep the horse industry less fragmented, I think that we're all going to be in it for, for the, the long haul. So we just established a partnership with the American Farriers Association um, where we're doing a joint ad campaign called Safe and Sound, uh, asking folks if they're using certified farriers and certified instructors for their mm. um, horses and riders. And same thing with um, doing more and more with North American Riding for the Handicap, now known as NARA, much like what KFC did. They're no longer North American Riding for the Handicap. They're now NARA. And they, um, we're, we're trying to do some work with them as well, kind of on, on the marketing aspects and getting our conferences maybe to back up next to each other, things like that, so folks only have to do one plane ride instead of two if they're members of both of ours. Okay. So really... Trying to, trying to do more and more partnerships. We're, we're an education alliance partner with American Quarter Horse Association, and we help them with their test rides. Um, Tara Gamble, our president, and myself were at World Equestrian Games, and we were helping in the John Deere arena doing all the test rides for folks that wanted to ride quarter horses that week. Hmm. So be, because we're multi-breed and multi-discipline, you know, we can branch out a little bit and do partnerships with quite a variety of folks, and we really do think that that's the way to go in the future well, yes because there's so many different factions there's there's so many different um modules around the country that to have one group that sort of ties them all together would be very helpful for i think the public the horse riding public in general definitely and and, and we're just very excited you know because from what we do our big goal is safety and you know obviously there to, to us there's no such thing as a bomb proof horse um, because trust me, if I light a bomb up behind your horse, it's going to do something. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> you light a bomb up behind so, me, I'm going to do something too. Um, absolutely. Pro- probably the same thing the horse is going to do. <laughs> absolutely. Run. Well, no, that's not what I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Too much information. <laughs> Glenn will kick you. That's what he's talking about. There kick you me. go. There you go. Fair enough. You have, uh, you also have a uh, certified instructor that's a good friend of the Stable Scoop Radio Show, was one of our first guests, and that's Julie Goodnight. Oh, absolutely. Love Julie Goodnight. Yep. Every time you say her name, I have to say, love Julie Goodnight. I know, you do, every time, too. Uh, <laughs> well, Christy, this has been great. They can find out more about you. They can just Google Certified Horsemanship Association, or CHA, and we'll also put links in our show notes at stablescoop.com to your page. But you also have Facebook and tw- Twitter, I think, too, right? We do. We have um, our online database is chainstructors.com, where somebody can put in their city and their state, and they can find either a riding stable or a certified instructor near them. Okay, cool. Well, Christy, we thank you so much for being with us today. Well, I so appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. And just let me know in the future how I can help with anything you have going on. Well, it's always good to hear from somebody who knows what she's talking about. Christy seems to know what she's talking about. And I'm I'm personally glad to hear that she's heading up the Certified Horsemanship Association. They're really, they're doing some good things for a lot of people. Their, yes. their programs are very broad, so there's something for everybody. And coming up next, we're going to talk to, or we're, gonna, uh, we're not going to talk to the celebrity. We're going to talk about this celebrity. He's a Tennessee walking horse who's uh, quite the looker. Ivory Pal is coming up next. But before that, we are going to hear from Equestrian Collections. 
We've been speaking a whole lot in recent weeks about looking to Equestrian Collections for all of your fall and winter needs. They have all the top brands in winter wear for you and your horse. Well, in addition to winter, believe it or not, it is now November and time to start thinking about holiday gift giving. There's no better place to find those equestrian gift ideas than at Equestrian Collections. They have thousands of choices for all of your gift-giving needs at some fantastic prices. Whether it is for that guy, girl, or equine in your life, you will find it all at EquestrianCollections.com. Get that holiday shopping started early at EquestrianCollections.com. Well, thank Equestrian Collections for being part of the show and continuing to be part of the show. We wanted to mention that Equestrian Collections will be here in, a, in what is it, a week or two with their Christmas gift, holiday gift ideas. We're going to do our special holiday gift show. Yay, it's our favorite of the year where we get to talk about cool stuff. And right now we have on the line, we have Raphael. Is it Vale, Raphael? It's Valle. Valle. Okay, we both got it wrong. Uh, Raphael Valle, who is the owner of Ivory Knoll Ranch, and he owns a very popular Tennessee walker called Ivory Pal. So, hi, Raphael, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. We appreciate you being here. Hi, everybody. I'm glad to be on. Appreciate it. I came across you on Facebook, and I'm not sure if it was you or somebody else that recommended I check out Ivory Pal's Facebook page. But I did, and I said, we got to get him on. It's so cool. There's one good-looking horse. Let's start there. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. He's a Palomino, Tennessee walker. Is that a rare thing? I don't remember hearing about that before. Yeah, it is a kind of rare uh, color. Uh, most of the common colored walkers are like black or, or sorrels or bay. So a uh, golden Palomino, Tennessee walker is rare. Now, Tennessee walkers are gated horses. Are they... Are they three gates, five gates? What, what are they uh, usually? It's actually a four-beat gate, it's considered, because it means that each foot strikes the ground independently, and that is what causes a smooth gait. Uh, basically, uh, you could drink a nice Starbucks coffee on his back and not spill any, and that's a true sign of a good Tennessee walker, distinguished by a smooth and very ground-covering gait. I need to get myself a Tennessee walker. You do. I can't walk on my own two feet and not spill a Starbucks coffee. (laughs) Oh, I know. Absolutely. Yeah, and actually, I mentioned Facebook. On Facebook, I posted some videos where I've been riding him, uh, and I've taken a video from his back, and you can see how smooth it is and how much uh, ground it covers. Uh, So that that is one of the many good things as as far as the uh, Tennessee walker, especially for us, uh, you know, getting into the middle age here you know, with back problems, uh, they're, be- they're becoming more and more pro- uh, popular, excuse me, for that reason, because they're- they don't jar your back. Well, I'll tell you, the first horse I ever rode in my life when I met my wife, I'm a horse husband, so I married into this, and uh, 25 years ago, she said, well, I'm going to put you on a horse. You're going on the Tennessee Walker. And that's the first horse I ever rode was the Tennessee Walker. And then Not when woman, she... woman, your wife. I know. Woman. And then when she put me on a horse that actually, you know, walked, trot, and cantered, it was like awful. It was like... Yeah, yeah. that's funny. And actually, the Tennessee Walker... Will canter. There's uh, somehow a myth that a Tennessee Walker will not canter, but they've got a, not only can they canter, but it is also a very smooth canter, referred to as the rocking chair canter, because it feels like you're sitting, you're sitting on a rocking chair in your front porch. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Now, well, I'm on your website here, and I'm looking under one of the, the tabs that says performance, and there are photos of Ivory Pal. Now, do you call, is Ivory Pal, is that his barn name, or does he have a, a different barn name? Uh, no, he calls sometimes Pal. We will shorten it for Pal, but, uh, so that that it will be his uh, bar name pal, but his real register name is Ivory Pal. Pal. Okay. So here I see some some photographs of uh, Pal in, in an arena. Now is that you riding him in those the photos? Yes, that's that's me. I kind of uh, do everything with him. Uh, you know, I consider myself his partner because a trainer is kind of a one way thing. I'm training him, but he trains me too. You know, it's a it's a partnership for. I listen to what he he could offer me, and then vice versa. So uh, this is the first horse I've ever owned. So it shows you how forgiving and uh, how good of a of a trainer he is too. That uh, he's walked me through a lot of trial and errors, and I've learned with him. And uh, and the key is if we we put our horses first ahead of our egos or, or our personal gains, such as you know trying to get blue ribbons and so forth amazing what can be accomplished you know the, the horse is a very loyal trusting animal and like anything else i you know i'm working the corporate world and and if i have a boss as you know it is uh condescending or screaming and everything guess what i'm not going to be a happy performer and, and the same principle applies to working with any animal in this particular you know horse such as ivory Powell. and he's a very intelligent horse that does not respond to pressure or harsh uh, training methods or or what sometimes was found in the Tennessee walking horse world based training based on mechanical and chemical means. He totally rejects that. He, he's so such a good level headed and intelligent horse that he will not perform under those conditions. And that's well, how I'm you know across him. That's a very good point, and I know that there are some some anti Tennessee walking horse people out there because they um they've heard about some of the the, the bad things that go on in that world. Um, but it looks like, you know, what you have, Ivory Pal looks like a, a minimalist in the Tennessee walking horse world. You you don't use a bit. You you ride him in a bitless bridle. Um, I don't see, there are no, he's got no shoes on. Uh, I don't see a lot of artificial aids. Tell us a little bit about um, about that, about his lack of gadgets and gear. Right, uh, you're a good observation. You're right. We do use the bitless uh, bridle, and he has been barefoot uh, for years, and he did all his show career barefoot, which was very rare back then. Uh, I mean, uh, back then, you know, walkers, uh, the, the people would hand me bits as long, four-inch. Yeah, well, they used to have those. They used to have those big shoes too, didn't they? Right, heavy shoes and everything. So that's really not a natural gait. A uh, horse, a Tennessee walking horse uh, with the uh, old foundation, natural gated, does exactly what Ivory Pal does. He, he could do it barefoot without gimmicks, mechanical, uh, chemical things, and that's a sign of the true walker. Now, when you put pads and heavy shoes and chains and chemicals and heavy bits, that's a forced gait, and uh, and it's taking shortcuts is not doing it right. I mean, to get a, a walker to gate properly, you have to spend time with it. It's like an athlete. You know, if you want to be a high-performing uh, athlete or a marathon runner, for example, I'm not going to get out of my couch or from watching TV and run a marathon. It takes time. Now, if you want to cheat you know, on the human level and take steroids and other performance things, that is not uncommon either. You know, is that really a true athlete or not? Is that really a representative 
uh, of an athlete in the particular discipline. I don't think so. So, unfortunately, you know, our society became very instant gratification and, and, and win at all costs at the expense uh, of the animals, and in particular, since Tennessee walking horses. Uh, and it's funny, I'm not a show person. I did not like the show world, never have. But we came across it because I came across um, years ago a trainer that believed in those chemical and mechanical means in a conversation that is like, why do you have to treat your horse like that? Treat it with respect and use natural horsemanship. And the, and the trainer said, oh, that's never won any blue ribbons for me. So I took that as a challenge, and we, and I repel and I basically trained and everything, and we went to the show ring just to make a point. Going in there, therefore, at that time, he... I just wrote him in a basic staff, which was even a big advantage, you know, because, again, most people were riding with those big, long shanks. And one thing led to another, and and started winning, and the timing was right where people wanted to change because of the bad image that the walkers were getting. And people started embracing their shows, started you know, a little fan group, and, and things just happened. I guess it's being at the right place at the right time, and, and I was just, uh, you know, happened to be part of it, I had never, ever imagined that we would have a two-year show career where he pretty much won everything, uh, showing in you know, every discipline from the rail classes to bell races to jumping to dressage to musical performances to uh, to uh, pole bending, you name it, he did it, and now he even... Even drives, uh, you know, also barefoot and without blinders. I saw the video. <laughs> I saw a video of him and on your website, and he was driving, and I went, "Yes," because I'm a driver. So I, okay, great, great. I, I thought that was cool. You know, right, I'm in love. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in love. And he's a stud, right? I mean, he's standing right now. Yeah, he's a stud, and you, you would never know. He's a, probably the gentlest horse we have. We take him on group trail rides, and people can't believe he's a stud because he's quiet. It's the mares that act up around him, not him. And when I tell people he's a stallion, they're like literally you know, look underneath to make sure I'm not misleading them. And they're, they're like, oh, my God, he is a stallion. So he's, a, he's got the exceptional temperament and the natural great and very athletic um, and I think that's really, if you go back to the origins of the Tennessee walking horse, um, they were like that. Very level-headed, very big bone, very versatile, because one moment um, the walker was carrying the owner around their plantations and stuff for checking out their farms, and he also had to be versatile enough to pop the field to take the, um, the doctor into town to look after patients, and also a family uh, horse to be around kids and everything. But I'm hoping that with time, more people are going back to that old foundation, true Tennessee walking horse, and going into the more humane treatments. I'm uh, with Ira Powell and I, we're all about sound and natural. If you look in our website, we're not anti this or anti that because I don't believe that's the proper take, but we're for something. And, and uh, hopefully, you know, if we could change and improve the life of one Tennessee walking horse, it's all worth it. Well, you know, I yeah, I just we love what you're saying. Obviously, we've been I've avoided actually getting into the walking horse realm on the show here. We have we have never done it, and I get emails almost every week. Why don't you do it? And I really wanted to find the right representative of of the way we believe also to have on the show first. And I'm I'm so glad you're the one. 
Damn, I, we found them. We yeah, found yeah, them. I, I agree. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And, and, you know, we're always overwhelmed and flattered by the support we get from Well, that was my question them. for you. I think a lot of people, though, want to see that. Well, that's my question, is how accepted are you in your own community? You're probably accepted outside your community because, one, Ivory Powell's just a very good-looking, you know, horse. And and by the way, I didn't know that uh, that Tennessee Walkers came as stocky and as bulky as he is, um, which I like. Uh, so so are you accepted in that community now? In the walking horse community? Yes. yes. You know what? Uh, uh, to be honest with you, I don't look for acceptance. We do what we do, and if people like it, fine. And if not, then you know that's their 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 choice. Uh, and but but I do think people are noticing uh, because there are more walking horse walk performing barefoot and going to to uh, snaffles. And if you look at magazines and walkers now, they're incorporating trick training, dressage, and everything. Something that was not seen before Ivory Palace came into the scene. So I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but I see I think things are changing and and really uh you know is that acceptance is really not. A concern or an issue with with with, with us, you know. Uh, we're just there to do our own thing, and if people like it, fine. And and if not, that's fine too. And like I said, our main uh, concern is not to be accepted by people or not. Is to try to make the world a better place for walkers, Tennessee walkers, and horses in general. Because I think you know, Ivory Powell's uh, whether you ride him uh, barefoot or, or bitless, it's something that other breeds could uh, also pick up on. And, you know, there's a great book out there, and you may have come across it, which pretty much I wish I had before I bought Ivory Powell, because it eliminates a lot of these myths out there that are, are prevalent through the horse world and trainers and so forth. And it's called The Soul of the Horse by Joe Camp. I don't know if you heard about it. Yes. Uh, but yep. that's a great book. Uh, he basically summarizes it it's so beautiful and eloquently what so many of us have experienced when we know what somebody's telling us, a horse trainer, quote-unquote, telling us, doesn't feel right. And what I found out, if it doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. And every horse is different. You know, there's no an assembly line training method for every horse. I have three horses, and every single one is differently, and I ride every single one differently. I don't expect them to uh, adapt to me, but I, I adapt to them. Um, and, and it's basically a basic leadership. Right? It's, it's uh is just you know in the same as in the corporate world I, I supervise people and I, everybody is differently and I have to figure out which ones are the buttons that I have to press to get everybody to to work based on their ability their own individual talents their own preference their own shortcomings and so forth and it's no different in training the horse. Well, I, I'll tell you what, uh, we're going to have to have you back when we have more time because I, I think we can do, I don't know about you, Helena, but I think we could do a whole show with him uh, talking about, you know, getting in a little bit deeper about, about training and, and about the, you know, the natural methods that, that you, you're talking about. But I want to give you the chance today to talk a little bit about the fact that you're doing shows now. You're actually taking the Ivory Pal on the road and you're out doing performances and shows, all different kinds of stuff. Right. Uh... You know, we showed, as far as his traditional showing, meaning rail classes where we were actually judged, we did that in 2004 and 2005. Like I mentioned, we were so flattered that people would uh, follow Happy Pal and develop a good fan base just on the on those shows that it was too, I, I couldn't, it wasn't right just to pull them out completely and not do anything. 
So we just focused on doing uh, what we really like is performing uh, to musical uh, songs choreographed with his different moves, which people say, well, Walker can't do the Spanish walk. Well, you can see in his videos and pictures, he does it. He does all the dressage moves. And so we, we've, uh, you're correct, we've taken performances uh, on the road, choreographed to music, and they're usually for, for charity, to raise funds or pay, pay tribute to uh, individuals. Uh, you probably see it on our website and Facebook page that I'm a huge Elvis fan. And the connection is because Elvis actually loved Golden Palomino. Yes, he, that's too. right. That's right. Yep. So, so we've done a couple of tributes to that. And it's trying to accomplish two things, entertain people and also educate, you know, by uh, by having Pal perform uh, barefoot at Billis and, and incorporate all the versatility into that performances that, quote-unquote, Tennessee walkers aren't supposed to do. But people... Get, uh, email us and say, oh, my God, he looks like a Lipizzan, or, oh, he looks like Andalusian. Well, you know, every horse has uh, several common traits, and that's what we want to bring out is the versatility and the natural and, and soundness of a, a Tennessee walking horse and show what can be accomplished. We're, uh, so that's why we, we stay out there. And I don't like to travel too far away from home because I know that uh, takes a toll on him trailing. So we try to make it maybe one-day trips or maybe two-day trips and so forth. But we're just trying to keep Barry Pell out there because people have been so generous with their support and comments. Uh, as you can see on, on Facebook, I think we're, we're over 28,000 fans, and we get emails from people just so touching, uh, saying how they've been touched by uh, Ivory Powell and how you know they want to have the same relationship with their horse. And people spontaneously make paintings about him. I've made medallions, write poems. So uh, I think we owe it to, to the people to keep him out there. And Ivory Powell absolutely loves being around people. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, he, he walks the crowd. He weighs more like a, like, a, like a guide dog. I walk him around the showgrounds. He poses for everybody. He, he literally greets everybody. Has never, ever, you know, started to bite anybody or anything. He just basically greets every person that comes to see him. And he yeah. loves taking pictures with people. He's a happy boy, and uh, we can see why. He's, he's got a lovely home. He's got someone who is kind to him and cares about him um, from, from his, the, the tip of his nose to the tip of his tail, and I think, I think that shows. And you can count Glenn and I as two of your newest fans, both of you, and we're going to keep our, our eyes and ears out for what uh, you and Ivory Pal are up to. Um, I hope maybe you can come back at some point and, and give us updates on what you guys have been up to and, and maybe dive, as Glenn said, a little bit deeper in to the Tennessee walking horse world and, and perhaps change the rest of the world's perspective on, on what a Tennessee walker is truly capable of. Well, we'll be glad to do so. And we're so honored and privileged to be on your show. And, and we can't thank you enough for your support and kind words and as far as everybody else's because that's what really makes Ivory Pal. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I never thought that when you put up today's show notes that we would have such a great conversation and that I would learn so much and be so inspired by a Tennessee walking horse and his <laughs> And his partner. I want to have him back because uh, I think we can do so much more and get so much, you know, we'll have him as the only guest for a show because obviously he's the kind of guy that really we could learn a lot from.
And you know what? It, it, whether he's riding a Tennessee Walker or a thoroughbred or a quarter horse, I love the philosophy behind the partnership with him. This horse, there's no gadgets, no gimmicks, no, you know, no labels on what he does. It's just, it's just plain old common sense, considerate horsemanship. I'm totally with you. Love it. Uh, be sure to log in. Uh, to be sure to log on next Friday for another episode of Stable Scoop. Uh, we'll be back again next week. We have a couple of cool things coming up. As I mentioned earlier, Equestrian Collections. We're going to have our show that we're recording from Arabian Nights. How cool is? I got goosebumps. Jealous. Uh, <laughs> for details about today's show, go to StableScoop.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. Wait a minute! It's over. That's it. We're wrapping up. It's done. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, but many thanks to our sponsors, Equestrian Collections, Uncle Jimmy's, and of course our title sponsor, Omega Alpha. For details, yes. wait, did you say that? I did. For that. details about today's show, we're, we're all done with that stuff. But it's my, my, it's in pink for me. I know, but you weren't talking, so I just kept going. I, just I know, I was kept sort going. Of, I was still thinking about. You're still in pal. love with the Palomino. All right. Well, what I else? think that's about it. We need to wrap it up. We're out of time. That's, that's about it. all there is. Well, that was plenty, but there will be more next week. Hey, that was the close. Yeah, pretty good. That's the one we did a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I went back and actually listened to the shows. Now, if you did the same, <laughs> you know what the closing was. <laughs> it was time for that. Have a great ride, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>